Okay, kids, hope all is well. When I tell you I am dog tired, yo. So parents are back home. Um, They came home around midday. And it was so funny because as soon as they got to their house, uh, I had told my dad, because um, they have a they have a, a gardener for the front. And I told him, I'm like, Dad, I'm going to get the guy to do the backyard. And he's like, no. And so my mom was like, we need to get the backyard done and stuff. And so then um, he's like, how much is it? It's like $75. It's, it's a good price because the backyard is huge. He's like, no, don't do it until I get there. I want to do it myself. So he gets here. My my one of my brothers took him out, took them out to eat this nice restaurant, and then um, they get home, and my dad <laughs> goes and starts working on the lawn. And I'm like, Dad, you gotta change your clothes because you're wearing your nice clothes. So he goes and changes his shoes. And I'm like, Dad, you have to change your pants too because those are your nice, like you know. Travel pants or whatever. So he goes and he does that. Go back. The whole backyard is done. So then my mom, she walks around and then she gets bored. And then she's like, I'm going to do the edging. So my dad was doing the lawn and then she was doing the edging. So that was funny. Um. So, but anyways, I went and studied for my state exam. It's tomorrow. And um, I took my time and I did... I got 95%, which is pretty good. Um, and out of 150 questions, I think that allows you to take to get minus, I think is it like seven? Yeah. So that means I got seven questions wrong. Um, so I like that range. And then tomorrow I'm going to um, still go work out, take one more exam. I don't want to kind of burn myself out. I'm going to take my time and do one exam, one more exam, and then leave the house like around 4.45-ish to get there for uh, my 6 o'clock exam. And then, yeah, so I'm exhausted because it's been like day after day after day of just like studying and late hours and stuff. But anyways, as you can see on the title... Um, I happened to, I guess because I had, um, played a couple of clips of Ayanla Menzant, and I guess her name is Ebony K. Williams, um, the, the, the clips are going, uh, viral, but y'all, this is way much worse than I think a lot of us realize, so I'm gonna go ahead and play the 23-minute interview, and it's really disturbing. I, I stopped listening like around the, maybe like the five minute mark because I was kind of busy and stuff like that. But um, I wanted to at least go over it with you in person. And I must say, so um, here, this is from the Grio. It says, join Ebony K. Williams in a special one-on-one interview with TV personality and life coach, um... Ayala Vanzant about femininity and masculine energy versus feminine energy. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and get right into it. 
Roberts, we are so blessed to have you here with us today on The Griot. I want to start, dear, with um, something that we share. Uh, which is that we are both attorneys by trade. Um, you are a yes. lawyer, you have a legal background, and as women in the law, Ayanla, do you believe that that uh, lens, that legal lens, informs our perspective and the way we show up in the world as women? Oh, absolutely, and that's why I got out. <laughs> and right there, I was like, this is a problem because um, actually, she in the next couple of seconds, she's going to say why. But one thing you need to know about Ayala too, she's actually into like um, religion. She's a reverend. She is um, affiliated with the Yoruba religion, which is has um, ties back to like West Africa and Muslim stuff. But I want you to hear why she said she's no longer a lawyer. And you can hear her kind of like her laugh and everything. But it's women. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I got out. <laughs> yeah. Very, very masculine, very intellectual, uh, almost stripped and robbed of humanity. It really shows the dichotomy between the letter of the law and the spirit of the law. And I found that to be, I, and, and this was the beginning of what I found to be many contradictory things that she said, um, just within the first five to eight minutes of the interview. Because... Nothing is going to be more male-dominated or masculine-oriented um, than religion, you know. So she goes by Reverend Ayanla Vanzant, like I said, and, and the Muslim religion doesn't, it's not doing any favors for women. So I feel like this is just part of the conditioning. Like, I feel like um, a lot of men have told her, like, oh, you're a lawyer, you're being dominant, you're being too logical, da-da-da. And I hate that she's projecting that onto Ebony, you know? And um, I don't think it takes you out of your femininity to be a lawyer. That's just my humble opinion. But um, And for me, it just didn't feed my soul. Uh, and so I had to get out. I feel that, and I do feel that uh, I might have heard on a date or two, Ayanla, that we are not in a courtroom, Ebony. Um, you can put the gavel down, um, and I do, <laughs> I do feel it can spill over um, into the way I show up in my womanhood, which is really the center of this conversation today, uh, Ayanla. We want to discuss masculine energy. And I think that's unfortunate, and the, the part that has gone viral is the part where Ayanla tells Ebony to date a bus driver but it's like if it's already a challenge for you to have a stimulating intellectual conversation with someone and it's obviously something she enjoys right like when you when you can be at dinner and really love that aspect of exploring like why did they say that what does it mean in in you know in this arena or what you know how does this play unfold in other areas as somebody who has done things that I love, I would hope that my companion enjoys that. But it's kind of like both of these women have been beat up for really anything having to do with their career. You know what I'm saying? So this is exactly why encouraging her to date a bus driver wouldn't work because... All he knows is how to shift gears on the car. He don't, you know, he's not going to know anything about, you know, 
like men's rare culpamia or like you know incontestability or we you know type of stuff like nothing that have to do with law so how how is she supposed to have an engaging conversation with him this is exactly why i don't think that it's wise for her to date a bus driver because now it becomes emasculating now he's like oh you're just using big words that i can't understand all i do is just get in my bus and listen to jazz music while i drive kids around i don't so you know that type of mentality so not only is it a wage gap thing it's definitely unequally yoked right feminine energy uh, i do want to start with kind of a news framing which is that women's rights across the country especially black women's rights they're under attack uh, lots of laws are banning abortions they are regulating what we can and cannot do with our bodies mm -hmm. um what do you think happens for black women uh when this type of siege is at play and we don't feel we have anyone to protect us Right. Well, the first thing I think we do is we go into anger. Um, we go into anger without a clear ask. Doesn't make sense to be angry unless you've got to ask. <laughs> you know, what is it that you're asking for? People can say anything in the world, but that doesn't mean that they get a right to do it. It doesn't mean that they get a right to affect you. But because so many of us are programmed and conditioned and educated to think like men, we respond like men. And when I mean men, I don't mean two-legged beasts. I mean, I mean, in the masculine energy, and it becomes competitive, it becomes aggressive, it becomes against them. And that's not who we are as, as women. It just isn't. Um, and I think for black women, particularly for us, the way that we've been programmed and conditioned and educated in the society to expect less, to accept less, mm. to be angry and to complain, but to... I'm going to replay that the last 10 seconds there because, again, she is contradicting herself because this is right before she suggests that Ebony should consider dating a um, bus driver. So out of one side of her neck, she's saying like, oh, black women have been conditioned to accept less, to take less, to settle for less. And this is at the two minute and 33 second mark. And then three, four minutes later, she's telling her to consider a bus driver. I'm going to go back like 10, 15, let's do 20 seconds. Against this. And that's not who we are as, as women. It just isn't. Um, and I think for black women, particularly for us, the way that we've been programmed and conditioned and educated in the society to expect less, to accept less, mm -hmm to be angry and to complain, but to not really step into our authentic self, our authentic power as women. And I actually like Ebony's response to this. Um, so check it out. And create what we want, even if that's create the demand. No, no, not here, not today. <laughs> mm. Mm. Okay, I, I hear you articulating, Ayanla, this masculine uh, energy traits, um, the competitiveness, uh, the assertiveness. Tell me what, how you would frame feminine Aggressive. Uh, grace. Aggressive. Yeah, aggressive, not assertive. It's okay for a woman to be assertive. Uh, but I mean, so just, I, this is the first time I'm catching that part of it, but both women and men can be assertive. That would be the ideal, right? Why is it that you're going to just 
condone the ma- the masculine being aggressive. I don't I don't know. I just feel like she's starting to tiptoe on male worship and stuff. And then it's the woman that's being corrected, which I do have a problem with. You're going to see later on. But I want you to hear Ebony's response, which I actually liked. Hold on. Grace, first of all. I think we've lost our grace. We we move and... So- you have to ask, why why have Black women lost being graceful? And you can even hear it over my... You know, I went from, like, totally Christian, grace for everybody, turning the other cheek, getting slapped around, forgiving, practicing unconditional love. But after a while, you just get fed up. Like, you can only take so much abuse, you know? And I feel like that's part of the role of religion. The religion is to have more more cheeks to slap around and more people to be vulnerable. It's like giving this perpetual pipeline of people that can be preyed upon. Just my opinion. Such a harsh and hard way. Grace, compassion, um, nurturing, nourishing, um, elegance. How about majesty? How about divinity? How about holiness? This is not a language you hear coming out of most women's mouths. But they'll talk about being a boss, being a diva, being, you know, in charge. And see of us are either not seated in our throne as queens or we're in the throne and the crown is crooked. Meaning we're in the throne and we don't really know how to hold that place without the masculine aggressiveness and demanding. And And I think you need both. I think that um, even though I do believe in like resting in your femininity and embracing it, I feel like you do need both. I, I always, I like to think for the most part, I agree with the yin yang, which has, you know, the whole of like the white side with a little speck of, so you still need both, right? Um, Some people would even, even with the yin yang symbol, even with the black and the white and the little small black and white circles in between those circles, it's like, it's still balanced. It's still um, like conductive or... They, they, they're like equal halves, right? I want to say symbiotic, but... An attachment. And it's, it's killing us. It really is. So in, an, in a recent interview with our dear friends over at The Breakfast Club, uh, they went very viral <laughs> for very good reason, uh, you said that women are being trained to be men in skirts. Um, yeah. I, I will acknowledge, I will, I will say I was triggered, I was a hit dog, and I hollered to, to the entire production team to, to get you here today, because I, I actually think you're right. I think you're right, Ayanla. I do think um, that, I'll just speak for myself vulnerably, uh, when I think of a masculine um, posture and what I would expect a man to do in my life, uh, two things come top of mind, and they are provide. Mm-hmm. And they are protect. Mm-hmm. And when my lived experience, um, and I, I think I'm still relatively young, I guess, but I'm 40 in in, in September. So you know, I, I, and she is gorgeous. Um, for 40, I would have probably thought she was younger too. Bright, articulate, seems to have a playful nature. You know, like just, just good energy. So happy birthday to her, turning 40 soon. I guess. I've, I've had some some relationships 
And I've yet to find a man who has shown up, and this includes even my father, who was absent. I've yet to have a male energy that provided or protected me consistently ever. And for those of you who've been with me, you already know who I go to. Um, but if you type in, like, are uh, um, men capable of love, um, she will give you on several videos, like, the breakdown on how testosterone affects their body, how we are different physiologically, like, even our brains. And so sometimes I joke about, like, well, I was like, well, if I come back as a man, I'm going to, like, I would totally stunt on these guys because... I wouldn't have anything in my mom's name. I wouldn't be comparing myself to a woman. I would be out here making like I if everything's stacked in my in my favor and I'm making like 80% more than than you know across the board regardless like I would definitely be killing but I had to remind myself that that would be me assuming that I was still had the mind of a woman whereas even if I did come back and I had all of those things in my advantage, I can't control my my testosterone levels any better than they can. I can't fight against the way that my brain is developed any better than that than they are. It's very difficult for them, and you can see that, right? But um, what she's talking about here is about to get really interesting too, because um. Um, and I know some people are going to be like, well, my dad, my dad, da, 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 da. listen, I've talked about this too. Like even my dad, I, this is why I have a curiosity. I think like, it's kind of like going to be a life theme for me. My dad had no father figure. His dad passed away when he was two, but he's still married, stayed with the family, still happily married and was a great father without the model. But when I look at even like my siblings, they d- didn't matter if there was Christian upbringing in the suburbs or anything like that. They still chose to do what, you know, other people that didn't have a father figure. They might as well have been raised in a single parent home, right? Um, and it always interests me like how some people choose to put themselves through like three and four, you know, and five kids or choose not to do better with their lives. Like that stuff always fascinates me. But um let's go back like ten seconds. To find a man who has shown up and this includes even my father who was absent. I've yet to have a male energy that provided or protected me. And I think the reason I was saying that too is because once you find out that they're incapable of it the fa- the fairy tale or the fantasy is that they protect and provide, but in reality they can't. Um, or or for the for the one percent, because the problem is when you start to say like one percent, now everybody thinks that their example is the one percent, right? Their example is the one percent, and that's not the case. And I think that it's unfortunate because. Until you know, I was talking about like um, how the rest of us try to put together pieces of the puzzle, but we don't know what the puzzle looks like. But once you have that information, now everything starts to fit into place and now you start to understand. Like once you understand that you don't go to men for protection and and providing, clears up like 95% of the complications in your life. Easy. You know what I'm saying? But... 
consistently ever. Mm -hmm. So I think that mm -hmm. I have taken on the reins to protect and provide for myself because what I. And that's huge, too, because um, what she was saying from the Breakfast Club, too, is that, you know, you want to beat the woman up for being strong and independent and going out there to work to put food on the table. Well, why is she like that? Because the XYs are not showing up like that. But to a certain degree, they're, it's probably reverse coddling. Like, you, they're just not capable of it. Don't depend on them for it. You protect yourself. You provide for yourself. Um, and I still think that there's conversations about how to balance out your femininity and your masculinity. But I don't think it's one of those things where you say, like, well, I'm not going to protect and provide myself because that's a man's role. Because then you're just going to end up in a really bad situation, you know? I'm not going to do a Yanla is be without, baby. It's not happening. Be without what? So that be would without be without protection. Be without protection. And be yeah. without the necessities of life. And I liked her response for that. And I understand it. It resonates with me. And Ayala was already trying to check her, like collar check her. But I really like how she responded to that. Mm. Okay. So, so, okay. but, but, but I say that with an invitation, Ayala, check me, show me the era of my ways, tell me how I might be missing it because I might be. Okay. I too am an alpha woman. So I understand what that means. And I tell people all the time, I was. No tea, no shade that blazer says. <laughs> the horrible mother. I was a horrible mother. I was a great father. <laughs> And I had a problem with that. That's Ayala talking. She's talking about she could be a great father. No, she could never. And I'm saying that as a woman. You you could never take the role of a man, period. Why would you say that about yourself? That's disturbing to me. And so this is at the 5 minute and 47 second mark. I'll go back like 10 seconds. So I understand what that means. And I tell people all the time, I was a horrible mother. I was a horrible mother. I was a great father. <laughs> I was a horrible mother mm. because I had never been mothered. So I didn't know how to affirm, how to nurture, how to nurture. She said she'd never been mothered. So she only grew up with her father. Now that's a very rare um, instance. So she's saying she grew up with her father. So she only knew how to be a father. But she didn't have a mother, so she didn't know how to be a mother? That, I didn't catch that the first time, so. How to um, guide. I knew how to direct, how to demand, how to discipline, and like you said, provide and protect. Those are masculine energies. And the, the distinction here is men build, women create. So we know how to build. We know how to get to the external and get the work done and drive and push and do it, do it, do it. We don't know how to be still, create it, and allow it to come to us. And again, I think you need both. I think you need both. Um... And I learned that when I lost everything. I learned how to create because I had already built and it all crumbled. The house, the mm -hmm. husband, the job, the contracts, the professional career in the world, stripped of it all. All the attachments, the necessities of life. <laughs> and so what's lying below the surface is like with the husband, she lost all of that. It's kind of like her success took the black man out of the home. So it's like 
when you how how you're going to lose your house and your car and your wealth and you have a whole grown man in your house she's just better off by herself but and the problem is she probably would have been better off if she didn't depend on him i don't know to comfort until i was stripped down to the hmm. bare bone and then i had to learn how not to build build is external create is internal and we as women have the power to create and attract anything we desire but we don't get still we won't shut up and we manage everything through fear control y'all i'm in one of the pettiest moods ever so here's the thing ayala you're talking about you want to tell women to shut up how about you shut up right because do you not hear yourself? Your whole job, everything you do is out of speaking. So who are you to tell us to shut up? Like we have feelings, we have emotions, right? Telling women to shut up. No, you shut up. See how well that goes for your business. So not only are men going to tune you out, but now we're going to tune you out too, or we won't be able to hear your message. Like I don't, mm, I'm not feeling it. And survival. Mm-hmm as opposed to feeling, knowing, and blooming or flourishing. Complete different thing. But since we've never been trained, we haven't been trained, we haven't been taught. So we do it the way we were taught to do it, which is very masculine in nature. And, very and that's contradictory too. And again, I don't know, I guess it sounds like from what she's saying, she didn't grow up with her mom. But most of us have, most of us, when we think single parent family, we've grown up with our mothers. So we would have, if anything, we would have learned how to be feminine. Although the argument would be that the moms can't be quote unquote feminine because there's no father in the home. And so they're having to be both. So, mm. external. That's, I feel you, 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 that you are describing me to a T, Miss Yala. I hate that she has Ebony second guessing herself. I really do. I hate it. I hate that she has Ebony second-guessing herself. Now, is this why you are conducting a rites of passage program so that women, um, all of black women in particular, can learn to create? Women, so that we can learn our authentic power, that we can learn the distinction between a powerful woman and a woman in her power. There's a distinction, but there are skills and tools and practices and processes that we have to learn. And I don't have a problem with either one. I've said it before. I feel like one of the most powerful things is a woman that has beauty and brains, right? And I think that sometimes even when you talk about beauty, there's um, grace in, in aging too, you know, and it's not the the fleeting type of beauty. It's kind of like, like even when I see my mom, she has a full head, head of gray hair. And she looks just as youthful, just as pretty, um, but it's the wisdom that comes with it too and the way she carries herself and her confidence and the essence of a woman. I feel like I feel like you can be in your power and still be a woman of power and I don't think that we should shy away from from that. At every age, the 20s have a process, the 30s have a process, the 40s have a 50s, 60s. We each have a process. And if you don't learn your 20 process, you're going to be doing it at 50. 
If you don't complete your 30 process, you're going to be doing it at 60. And that means you'll be running on overdrive instead of seated in your power. Yes. And the secrets are there. They come from our culture. They come from our history. But no one has taught us. So me, as a descendant of Africans and Native Americans, I have a very lovely blend and mix. And I just, for a long time, I... Yeah, that's the part where she's talking about um, her religion is Yoruba, which is West African, and it's built off of or surrounds, like, Muslim beliefs. So I, I didn't do it because <coughs> women in general... They, they, they don't want to hear. They think their way is right. And you, I'm crazy when I say sit down, shut up, and listen. And you can create what you want. They don't want to hear that. Well, I want to hear it. So tell me when the sign-up is. Um, I don't want to miss it. Uh, let me know when, when you take it registrations. Uh, because I'm right curious. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah I, I had a very lovely... Um, single black mother, um, and, and I'm going to get to the statistics on single black motherhood and, and, and family life, uh, but she was, by, by definition, more of a father figure in terms of providing and protecting. Um, and this is this part pissed me off because it was discouraging to hear her start to blame the mother, the, the parent that stayed. When I tell you all, sometimes a part of me... I, I don't know. It, it's definitely Scorpionic. Like right now, the time I'm recording this, Pluto is is ruled by, I mean, Scorpio is ruled by Pluto. And it has to do with um, destruction, death, and rebirth. But um, when you talk about, I understand that I have a karmic element, but I really do feel like it's a blessing for the population that's here that I was brought up with some type of Christianity because a part of me would be like, you don't really want me to be out here really showing you how it really should be done. Because if I was to foresee that my children would spit on my efforts and the long nights for being the parent that stayed, guess what? I'm going to drop your black off black ass off right in front of your parents home in front of your dad's home how dare you bash the the parent that stays the mother that stays the mother that's trying to figure it out and and this is this goes back to you know i think how we choose to procreate you know because you really are going to just add more fire to your to your more fuel to your flame. Not even your children appreciate you. And you're going to hear how she's going to start to disparage her mom for staying. As opposed to like, listen, <laughs> you want to complain about how your mom raised you? How about you go and live with your dad then? But your dad wasn't even around. And so instead of attributing all of the issues to him, you're blaming your mom for being quote unquote masculine, for having to be the protection provider. No, to the statistics on single black motherhood and, and, and family life. Uh, but she was, by, by definition, more of a father figure in terms of providing and protecting. Um, and, I, and I think that's very common. So according to the U.S. Census, Ayala, 23% of households in the country are single parent households. And we know 80% of them are led by women. How does this affect the child, uh, both l little girls, little boys, non-binary children? How does how does that frame this? Did she say non-binary? What kind of bullshit? Their expectation um, of women when the mother is in. It all depends on 
It all depends on what the mother or the woman demonstrates about being a woman. If she's demonstrating that it's hard and it's rough and nobody's helping me and, and, and I gotta do this and you gotta do it this way, then that's what the children are gonna get. If she's angry because she's alone, if she's desperate because, if she's not conscious, if she's not careful. I mean, when I look at uh, the damage that I did to my children, not being clear about who I am as a feminine expression of the chief architect and creator of the universe. When I understand that I didn't know that and how to tap into that and the damage I did to my children who I love with all my heart. As soon as I discovered how off I was, I confessed it to them and asked them to watch me as I rebuilt who I was. And I'm still very alpha but I'm in my throne and my crown is straight. <laughs> okay. I'm looking forward to straightening my crown, uh, Dr. Ayana. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let's get. Oh, I really hate that she has Ebony second guessing herself, man. Mm-mm. To the logistics, though. Let's get to the logistics. We know that black women are earning college degrees faster than anybody else. Many of us are, are doing like, like, like we're doing, Ayala. We're getting those terminal degrees, those JDs, MD, PhDs. We also are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs, uh, along with Latina women in America. Pew Research said that women are now out earning men out-earning men yes. in 22 yes. of the largest cities in America, including where I live, New York, D.C., L.A. And I've said it before, too. It kind of does tickle my funny bone. Like, I feel like if that's the part of me that I got from Divine Goddess, like my the things that kind of amuse me, because when you think about how it's kind of like a playground where all the toys are set up so that the boys can have fun and, you know, all their favorite colors and trucks and all this stuff. And they're still not, like, able to keep up. It's, like, it's just kind of funny, but not really funny, but kind of funny. You name it. When we talk, and I know that you've said that you cannot teach a man or tell a man how to be a man. So I will not ask you to indict me. This is contradictory, too, because she said you can't teach a man how to be a man. But she was talking about she was being a man to her children. Like, she was equating herself as a woman to a man. Right. And then part of the problem, too, is that she doesn't have a problem that that's that that's that religion stuff kicking in. She doesn't have a problem like kicking women around and using male dominated rhetoric to like keep us oppressed and under under the boots. But men in this question, but I do want you to speak, Ayanla, to how women need to. uh I don't know, position ourselves so that we can be in our divinity, so we can have our crowns, right? So that that part made me laugh, too, because I remember, like, right before I left the church, that was one of the, the, the themes that they were talking about, where it was how Ruth positioned herself to... Um, to to get married to Boaz, right? And how she and her mom... Um, Naomi, Naomi and Boaz, right? Um, no, 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 Ruth, Ruth and Boaz. Wait, or was the mom? Yeah, the mom was Naomi and Ruth was the one who married Boaz. But, um, I rem and so that, that's out of 
religion that that's coming out of out of the Bible, which y'all I still have to share with you. Like today, I was in a I was in a steam room. I was in the steam room a little bit, <clears throat> and I was talking to this one girl in there, and we started talking about numerology. And I was trying to explain to her that I was learning from my my deck, but she didn't know what the deck was because she doesn't speak like full English. So I was like, you know, like how they have tarot cards, but they're like, and she's like, yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear this voice and it's like, you don't want to do that. I'm going to suggest you don't do that because it's going to open you up to demons. <laughs> and every time she said the word demons. <laughs> I have to tell y'all the whole story, but that, listen, that is wild, but I was so proud of myself. I was so petty. Oh my God. It was amazing. I loved it. How we can create and not build when some of us quite frankly feel that the men that are available to us, and I'm talking about across the color spectrum, across the age spectrum, trust me, I've done them all. Um, they are not positioned to protect nor provide because of some of the statistics we just talked about. They're not earning the incomes. They're not having the resources. And some of them are not even showing up in the leadership. Would you date a bus driver? <laughs> you. So this is at the 12 minute and 12 second mark. And remember, I think was it at the two, two or three minute mark where she was saying like, oh, black women have been conditioned to settle for less and to accept less. And 10 minutes later, she's telling her, would you date a bus driver? If he owns the bus, if he owns no. it, if he owns the bus. See, that's, that's a problem. That's a problem. Okay. Because the standards and requisites, and I'm not talking about him laying on his... And it's not requisites, it's prerequisites, but anywho... So for playing video games all day, <laughs> I'm not talking about that. But the standards and the criteria that we use to measure men is off for who we are as women and who they are in this society. I would date a bus driver if he was, if he loved driving the bus, if he was a man of integrity. Y'all, I don't think I'll be ever, ever be able to unsee that. Like, can you, I love driving my Chevy Camaro, right? I told my dad today, I'm like, dad, I want us to go test drive um, a couple of the different models of the Chevy. So you mean to tell me that if this man loves driving, not even like to say a sports car okay a big old bus pull over that ass <laughs> driving a bus right big old bus that if mm. and and again remember i was talking a little bit about how you could tell when you listen to ebony and the way she was talking about when she's on a date and she starts to bring up all the legal stuff there's like a bubbly, exciting energy about being passionate about what you're doing and what you love, right? So why is it that you would encourage, you know, tell her to appreciate this man who loves driving a bus, but take away her loving what she loves to do about law and being a lawyer and everything that comes with that? Like, it's so um, unfair, if he was good to his mama, if he treated me well, I would date a bus driver. But we think that it's another human being's responsibility to give us what we need instead of us building together. I can build with a bus driver. She had me until she said building together. So 
if you're in the same circles as me and you're kind of listening to the same content and I've I've tried to leave little clues about who I listen to and what how I reach the conclusions that I have at this point in time you you can't depend on other people to love you more than you can love yourself or to protect and provide yourself for yourself more than you can for yourself right um and so she had me up until the point where she's like the building with the other person so I went back like 10 seconds but we think that it's another human being's responsibility to give us what we need instead of us building together i can build with a bus driver i'd have my little stash over on the side in my i believe in the words of she-ra raven that's called build a bob build the bus driver build a bear build the boo prenup but i can build with a bus driver <laughs> so I- and so right there i mean just the the tension too because I'm actually pro like prenup. I actually want to revisit what it means to have a companionship where it would be, you know, I have a trust or something in the will or an irrevocable beneficiary life insurance policy where I don't have to get the marriage certificate, but there's still the estate planning or the tangible benefits that come from it. But can you imagine... As if as if he's not already going to be feeling salty when he just got home from driving the bus. And here's a Yanla, a whole reverend, an aromatherapist. Don't come for me. She, it's, it's, I Googled her. I, I looked up to see what <laughs> she's an aromatherapist. Um, you know, has all these TV shows, has been on Oprah's own network. Um, and... For one, I can't imagine what kind of conversations they'd be having because he's like, boy, when I hit that 91 freeway and I'm going over that bridge, it's just like I love to hear the engine roar. And when it shifts into gears and, you know, either, you know, taking clients on, whether it's grown people like for this, I don't know, for the city or if it's kids. And she has the audacity to come in and be like, oh, Oprah gave me a phone call. We're trying to figure out what to do for our seventh season of da-da-da-da. And he's going to be like, oh, you just think you're better than me. And then having to go into a prenup where it's kind of like, you know, telling him that he still has to do 50-50 when his 50 is is just a little bit compared to you. Like, that's how you create tension, Right. Some of the criteria that we look for in the reality of today keeps us unhappy, keeps us angry, Hmm. keeps us imbalanced. And then when the men show up, we want to beat them up because they're not living up to our standards and criteria. And, And it's not working, beloved. It's just not working. So it's not that it's bad or wrong. It's obsolete. It's obsolete. I think this is a tragedy because I don't I think that women don't really understand that we are supposed to set the standard. We are supposed to be that muse where we inspire men to greatness. So if you tell a woman to lower her standards, well, where does that leave us? And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Um if you left the world up to men, they would keep us in the horse and buggy days, right? Even when you look at it like a bachelor pad, there's nothing in there short of like a bed. You're lucky if it has a sheet on there, you know, a toothbrush and that's it and that's all. But because of women, I think that innovation is a very feminine um, 
aspect or a very feminine trait. And so out of that, we get things like the cell phone, electric vehicle, cars. Um, that's where you get all of the things that come with the house and with the car and um, things that make life more of like a luxury, right? It's kind of very Proverbs 31 woman where she pays attention to the linen and the materials and the spices and how to season the food, right? And and just like that extra flavor and all the extra senses that come out of life. But men, for the most part, they're just happy with basic old type of things. But it's like when you when you're rising to the standards of what a woman expects from you, it should call you to be better. That is our role. And I don't think that she fully understands that. We have to come up with a new way of being. I don't believe in carrying a man. A man has to do for himself. My son got his first job when he was nine. Nine, okay? Because you're a black man. You will know how to take care of yourself. But I think the way we measure it, it's, it's just obsolete. I think that's a factual analysis uh, for whatever we want, expect, we're told we were going to get. We got to look at the numbers and what's available on the marketplace. So, so you're certainly not not wrong in the analysis. Uh, and and y'all, let's 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 tell the truth. Ashamed the devil. We know what you got in that prenup. It would never be little. It'll never be small. <laughs> that's a big old mound of assets. But uh, but that's okay. But that's okay. Uh, let's spend a little more time just so we're really clear in this conversation, uh, Doctor Von Zant. Difference between between masculine energy and feminine energy, because I know that is not necessarily gender assigned, right? This is bigger than that. This is big, bigger than genitalia, right? Right, absolutely. When we talk about man is mind, woman is heart. And so many of us have guarded. I disagree with that. And I'm getting a little bit tired and I'm looking at my, I can only record for 16 minutes. I might go a little bit over 16 minutes because it's, I'm at the 14-minute mark, and there's 23 minutes, so I'm going to try to interrupt less. But from what I understand about wisdom, um, it is referred to as woman or she or Sophia. Um, but... Broken, um, um, closeted hearts that we do everything from here. And here, you know, as a woman that's been educated. That and nerdy fun fact, you can look it up. Don't come at me, bruh. But the the heart actually carries memory. It has, Um, I remember I was studying about this. This is around the time I was coming out of my um, coincidentally heartbreak. But I feel like, um, yeah, your, your, um, your heart muscles carry memory, um, not just your brain. So... And like you said, has a degree. Here will run out. Here will lie to you. This will never lie to you. But we've been taught not to trust this. We've been taught not to trust. Our She's saying your mind will lie to you, but your heart won't lie to you. Oh, I'm gonna have to come back to this one, y'all. I'm I am a little fatigued, but I disagree with that comment. Okay. Unknowing, our intuition. Mm. But a man can have a good idea and be brilliant. You know, so we want to have good ideas. But for us, our power is in knowing and it's in getting that that intuition and moving on it. That our power is in what we feel, not necessarily emotion, but what we feel in our. And that's a problem, too, because even when you start to understand um, 
like how women create the, I think it's the oxytocin, where you, the the chemical, um, like especially when you're aroused or like if you're breastfeeding, that makes you want to bond with, you know, your partner or with your child. Um, that's a feeling, right? And if you don't understand how, the same way how testosterone um, affects men. Let me make sure I have this term. Let me move this tab over. I want to make sure I got that one right. Bonding chemical. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> What is chemical bonding? Chemical for women. Yeah, it is oxytocin. As oxytocin is associated with trust, sexual arousal, and relationship building, the love hormone or cuddle chemical. I don't know. I think that you kind of have to pay attention to... I think that... We it's important for women to be just as logical as emotional. And I think that men like to think they're logical, but they're also just as emotional. Our body, but so many of us are out of touch with our body. We'll give our body to somebody else before we really get in touch with it ourselves because we're so busy doing till we don't know how to be. When I talk about feminine energy again, I'm talking about the grace, the compassion, the humanity. I'm talking about mercy. I'm talking about silent stillness. I'm talking about flow and movement. I'm talking about speaking from a place of intuitive knowing, love. I'm not, and, and, and that's not the masculine way. The masculine way is justice, structure, power, is control. That's masculine. Feminine is dominion, not control. But most of us, many of us, I'm in recovery, are control freaks. So it's a whole nother way, a whole nother vibe. She raises her hand. There's a whole nother vibe uh, that we can tap into, that we have to tap into, because the world is dying. This society, this system is coming down. And if we don't step into our power as women, we're going down with it with the fall of the materialism and the collapse of the of the systems and the structures we got them how many women do you know with degrees could live outside and survive for three days but that's her thinking like a man right like why on this green earth would we ever want to go back to the ice age like why would we want to go back to horse and buggy days no never She's very male-identified in this part. On the earth. How many do you know? I know I can. I know what to eat. I know where to find water. I, and I'm, I'm not saying we got to go back to the rustic times of the, you know, the wild, wild west. But I'm saying being in contact and in touch with the earth in a way that empowers us. Yeah. Take the pants off. Take the pants off. Let your hoo-ha get some air. <laughs> A new definition to breathe again, huh, Yama? Listen, it's funny you say that. I only can survive the wilderness, and I know for sure, and I actually was able to do it for about 
12 days because I was on a CBS reality show called Beyond the Edge. That oh, challenged yeah. me, though. It challenged yeah. me to do yeah. those things in a way I'd never... Oh, I like that for her. I really like Ebony. She seems like cool people. Number four. Um, before you leave us, I need to uh, ask you about how what you're saying for women to sit in there knowing, be quiet for a minute, shut up, and, and, and tune into our bodies, tune into our innate knowing, as, as I hear you say, but how that works alongside feminism. Because you've said you're not knocking feminism. You're not saying women cannot be police officers, firefighters, play football, or anything else. But you are saying that this hustle culture has given women um, a need to feel like we must be in competition with men. Is, is that feminism for me? But feminism for me is a political or a social construct. And mm -hmm. a woman, empowerment as a woman is an internal experience that becomes an external expression. And I think maybe she's saying this because she's more from like an African culture as opposed to an American culture. So she doesn't understand all what American women and or black women had to go through. Um... And and that's why she's probably trying to disassociate from it and doesn't really understand like the implications of not having a checking account or being able to own real estate or being able to work like God forbid if something happens to your husband and you have children or you don't get married, how do you take care of yourself? So I think that's her being like the African part of her that she doesn't identify with. The struggles of what American women went through and why we push feminism so much. So. Woman is an internal experience that becomes an external expression. I can be solid in my in myself as a woman. I may not want to play football or carry a gun on my hip. I may, I may not. But the, the mm -hmm. distinction is I'm not looking to anything outside of myself. But you will wear a blazer, though. Then that blazer looking... Self for my power. Mm. Not. And I know that everything is coming to me to stretch, strengthen, grow me into my authentic and original being. And inside... You know what? The, the reason the blazer is bothering me is because it takes me back to, like... Remember that show 227... And there was that old guy, like, with the balding spot on his head. Like, this, that blazer looks like something he would wear. But anyways, I don't... I'm not guarded. I'm not harsh. I'm, I'm, I'm not brutal. I'm not violent. I'm not violent in my speaking. Women speaking today is so violent toward themselves and toward one another. So, I'm... You telling us to marry black men is violence, ma'am. Ma'am. Not talking about a political construct, the women's movement. Right. I'm talking about the move of women for themselves within themselves so that they can be themselves in a completely different way. It's internal. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, yes. One thing before you leave us, I have to ask one thing about dating. The reality is there are more men right now on dating apps and seeking partnership than there even are women, contrary to popular belief. Um, and a lot of men yeah. say that they're struggling, probably because of what you named earlier, probably because the expectations of many of the women are out of sync with what society is offering at this point in time, blah, 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 blah. How do women adjust our energy so that we are more successful when it comes to dating i don't want to be successful at dating but anyways i'm gonna let this run down if we're looking well, to do we just want to date or do we want to be partner 
<laughs> that's that's one thing. <laughs> if you have in your consciousness you want to date, you can date forever because you're going to find something wrong with everybody. But if you want to be partnering, my question is, what is your vision? What is it that you see yeah. for yourself, within yourself, about uh, being in partnership? And are you willing to be in partnership as a woman, or do you want to be a dude having a relationship with a man? And when I say a dude, I mean how you how you manage yourself, how you talk to men. I mean, basically, what if he wants to be a princess and he wants to be hypergamous or hypogamous and wants you, you know, what if he wants to rest in his femininity? Like, what if we got to stop talking to these men like they're boys, but even if he is. Exactly. I just let me go back five seconds. But ma'am, they are. We got to stop talking to these men like they're boys. Even if he is driving the bus and he don't own it or picking up trash, even if he did this seven and a half to 15, that doesn't give us a right mm -hmm. to use this divine instrument called a throat and a voice to demean somebody. But you know what? If we demean each other, we're going to demean our men. And we have to remember as women that while we, you know, you put a, a woman, uh, she's got to feed the babies. So she's going to do what has to be done. We have a level of, of tenacity that many men haven't experienced, particularly men of color, because their genetic uh, memory is that if they're too much, if they're too grown, if they're too big, if they're too smart, they're going to get hung. That's a genetic memory. <laughs> so we have to understand that who they are as men, I don't want to say is fragile or delicate. But, but it is. Just say it. It's fragile and delicate. It's more sensitive to our mouth mm. and our mouths are just mm. our mouths are out of order i'm sorry with each other the black woman's mouth took black men out the home but definitely with mm. men it, they took, it, it's and i'm raising my hand the only reason i can speak this is because i've lived it and i knew how my life changed when i shifted from external masculine aggression to an internal knowing. But you still were in that blazer though. Where I get my guidance and my direction. It's, it's, it's just different. And most women think it won't work in the world, but look at me. <laughs> and there are hundreds of me. I'm not alone. Yeah, indeed. Uh, just eye-opening, when I hear you talk and I hear the themes and even the tone, it's very um, Maya Angelou to me. Uh, it, it, it's very um that's it is it is it's it is very which is which is I, I i intended to be the high compliment that i believe you received it um and and none of us are beyond growing and learning so i deeply appreciate the exchange uh and the wisdom final words to leave us with today my sister women my sister women my sister women not how we are is not bad or wrong what we've done is not bad or wrong uh, what we've t been taught or learned wasn't bad or wrong. Let us just consider that there's a greater possibility and another way to be. Hmm. For, up for consideration. All right, y'all. So I, I um, found it interesting that I came across that. Mm. I will unpack all of this later. I'll come back uh, tomorrow night after I pass my exam and connect with y'all. Have a good night. Until the next one. Bye.